What is going on, everyone, and welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you for making Locked On Reds your first listen today. As always, we are free and available on every single platform you can think of. If this is your first time finding us on YouTube, thank you. Make sure you're subscribed and also follow me on your favorite podcasting app. Today, we've got a lot to get to. I'm going to tell you first and foremost in this first segment coming up why this season is being deemed a failure. Most people are looking at this and saying, Jeff, the Reds won. They had a winning record. They had the fifth best record in the last 21 years. Yes, I know. But there's more than just this season. There's more to just this season than meets the eye. We're going to talk about that. Also, I've got some reactions. I elicited some responses on Twitter, and some folks have spoken. We're going to share what they said, and I kind of want to just uh, look at this playoffs, kind of break down what I see happening and give you my pick for the World Series champion. That's all coming up on today's Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, I'm Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for finding me. If this is your first time, I'm also on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three X, and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also got the chance to sit in with Sully and talk about the Locked On MLB playoff preview. We broke down everything. We got the chance to talk to Every host of a Locked On podcast whose team is in the playoffs, yeah, I know, we're not one of them. Even though we were on September the 1st, the Reds were right there in the wild card spot. They kind of threw that away. And that's where I want to start today's podcast. It's not necessarily breaking things down by the numbers, though we're going to do that over the course of these next couple of weeks. Look at the season, break it down, see what went right, see what went wrong and all of that good stuff. I just want to talk about big picture here today. And tomorrow, got a fun one coming up for you as well. Javi Reyes is going to join from Locked On Padres, and we're going to do a dueling collapses kind of podcast. And here's the thing, because I got this pushback from Sully, and I, I got it from some other hosts, that they looked at the Cincinnati Reds season this year, and they said it should be deemed a success. It should be deemed a good season. If I did and they they gave me this scenario. They said, in the month of March, if I would have told you the Reds would have a winning record and be in contention in September, you would have taken that. And I said, yeah, to an extent, but here's the deal. This is the reason why most people are considering this Reds season, eh, but not quite there. It's because of every year that has followed this pretty much since the Castellinis took over. Yes, I know that we're talking about even including the playoff seasons in 2010 and 2012 and 2013, but this has been building to a crescendo of we want competitive baseball back in Cincinnati, and competitive baseball means that you play past the 162nd game. It does not mean that because you're in in contention in the month of September, we are just going to hand you a passing grade for the season. Thank you so much. We'll see you next year. That's not how I'm feeling today. How I'm feeling today is the season is over and I should be watching my team. This is the period of time in which they told us to wait for, wait, 
through 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, all of these years that they punted because they said that they were going to be a competitive baseball team, bringing winning baseball back to Cincinnati. It's not here. Sure, we win 83. We won 83 games. And I, I keep saying we. Sure, the Reds won 83 games this season, but they are still on the outside looking in. I'm tired of seeing the Reds being an afterthought. I'm tired of everybody saying, boy, you guys had a really nice year in 1990 and you got the big red machine. That's good for you. That was way too long ago. I was a baby when 1990 happened. I wasn't born. I wasn't thought of when the big red machine happened. I want winning baseball. That's what I want. And that is why I'm sitting here today disappointed with the way that this season has gone. Yes, again, I agree. Fifth best season since the turn of the century. That is more of a damning statement on the rest of the other 21 years than it is saying how good this year has been. There's been some great moments, and I'll show you. This is my favorite picture of the entire year, obviously, which is sad because it happened in April, but that is the kind of thing I was expecting from this team. They showed some grit. They showed some grind. They showed some fire. They showed talent. They had guys that were all about it. They wanted the wins, but the leadership of this ball club failed them. The front office failed them. They put them in a position where they were going to lose from opening day on. And guess what happened? They outperformed their expectations. That was the general consensus from outsiders looking into the Cincinnati Reds this year is they were playing out over their skis. They outperformed their expectations. Congratulations for them. You know who else outperformed their expectations? The San Francisco Giants. And the Reds weren't even close to as good as the Giants were. That's what I was hoping for. You know, not to say that I wanted them to set a record for most regular season wins in their franchise history like the Giants did, but to look at this and say that I am happy with 83 wins and a playoff miss, absolutely not. And I understand if you believe that this is way too far, that you think that I'm too negative. This, this is how I feel. This is what I expected this year. I expected to be watching my team, whether it's in the wild card or in the D NLDS, whatever. I expected to be watching the Reds here in October baseball. And no, I'm not talking about the three regular season games that happened in the month of October. I'm talking about playoff baseball. That's what I expected. That's not what I got. So I'm disappointed. That's, that's my overall thoughts on this matter. And this is why I wanted to get some uh, reactions too, because I'm curious as to how everyone was thinking about this team, because I myself, I'm not happy, but we are going to break down lots about this team. I'm going to tell you though, I, I, I do look at this and I'm not just saying this because I want to be happy or I need to be happy. I believe that next season has potential. Next season has the baseline to be a successful year, to be a winning year, to be a playoff year. But the problem is we have to count on the people who have failed us this past season. And that's the front office. And that's the people who sign the checks and ownership. There's going to be so much talk about that this offseason. I'm not going to get into detail on today's podcast, but that's the overarching view. Disappointed in 2021, looking forward to 2022 with cautious optimism. All right, coming up here, I've got some listener reactions I want to get to because I, I got some good takes. I got some folks who had some thoughts on Twitter, and I wanted to share those with you. 
in this next segment. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to let you know that you can bring your television into the 21st century today with DirecTV Stream. Go to directtv.com to learn more about DirecTV Stream because they'll help you bring together your sports, movies, on-demand, your television shows, reality shows, comedies, all that stuff. Put it in one television screen, just like we all hope for. Look, if you're using multiple devices today to watch all of your different shows because, you know, Johnny's on the television watching his sports and Susie's over here playing her games on her tablet, stop it. Let's bring everything under all one television with DirecTV Stream. You can do that today. Check it out at DirecTV.com. Dot com. When, I mean, when we're talking about entertainment, you use up all that bandwidth with all those many different devices and DirecTV Stream can help you get your bandwidth back. Use DirecTV Stream. F- find out more about it. They've got all kinds of great entertainment packages, whether you're talking about sports, movies, news, and all that different stuff at DirecTV.com. Check it out today. Compatible device required. Contents vary by the package that you choose. And also today, I wanted to let you know that if you are driving around a lot and you're filling up a lot at the pump, you can save some money with the app Get Upside. Download it today in the Google Play Store or in the App Store and use the promo code BASEBALL to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. Here's the thing. When you download Get Upside, you get cash back for filling up at the pump and there's no catch. It's free. You just download the Get Upside app, tell them where you're filling up and boom. You get up to 50 cents a gallon on your first fill-up when you add in the promo code BASEBALL. People who drive on the regular, whether it be commercially, whether it be leisurely, they're just driving all over the place, are saving up to $200 to $300 a month by using the GetUpside app. I use all kinds of different stuff, whether it be like Kroger, all that, you know, they've got great cash back on their gas. Check out the GetUpside app today because it's universal. Download the GetUpside app today on your mobile device and use that promo code locked or sorry, baseball to get up to 50 cents cash back per gallon on your first Philip. Stop paying full price for gas again and start getting cash back. It it comes to the you in the form of a gift card, or you can uh, send it back to your bank account, or you can get like an Amazon gift card or gift cards to many different retailers through the Get Upside app. Download the app today and use that promo code baseball to get up to 50 cents per gallon on your first Philip. All right, so let's let's take some reactions. You, you've heard mine. I, I'm not going to go back into that. Obviously, that was, <clears throat> yeah, I know. That, I, I'm feeling some sort of way today. The coffee's really kicking in. But I want to break down some listener or some Twitter reactions that I got from some listeners and things like that. Let's start right here with Nate. Nate had a really good take. He said, failed to perform when it mattered and ignored obvious signs of change in players. Suarez debatably ignored Stevenson's strengths as a player at times as well in the name of appeasement slash not upsetting the locker room. This team won in spite of its leadership, not because of it. Sad. Yeah, I'm with you, Nate. I I agree with your points too, because when it came down to crunch time, when they had to play their best in the month of September, they played arguably their worst. They were a little bit rough early on in the season and they had some under 500 months there, but they just stopped performing at all as a team if it seemed like they had great starting pitching the lineup didn't back them up and if the lineup was playing well pitching didn't help at all and then the fielding every so often decided to not catch the ball or throw the ball well uh, at random very important times 
And it's an interesting thought because he mentions leadership. He doesn't specifically say the front office. And I can kind of gather that he's not that impressed with David Bell. And to be honest with you, up until the month of September, I would have argued that. But in the month of September, I thought David Bell showed some chinks in his armor that I wasn't a big fan of. I think there's one thing with David Bell. The reason that he is a good manager of this ball club is that he understands people. He understands how to connect with his players. The problem with that, though, is I think he becomes too loyal to certain players and he almost comes off. I'm not saying this is what he is, but just my perception of David Bell is that he kind of comes off as a people pleaser. And if you're a people pleaser, I don't think you can be a successful manager in Major League Baseball. I look at two guys that I think are just head and shoulders above every other manager this season. I look at Craig Council and I look at Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash, I I heard this stat when we were talking with Ulysses Sambrano from Lockdown Rays. The Rays use 38 pitchers this past season. That's actually three more pitchers than the Reds used. And they still were the best team in the American League, arguably the best team in the major leagues. And they played amazingly. Kevin Cash, an amazing manager. Craig Council used that pitching staff to perfection. He took the talent that he had, which was far and away better than most teams in Major League Baseball, and he managed it so that it got even better. He was a reason that the the Brewers won as much as they did. Kevin Cash was a huge reason that the Rays won as much as they did. The Reds, and you look at David Bell, I cannot sit here and tell you that David Bell added anything to this team. Now, it's debatable whether he took a lot away. He probably took, you could probably point to a couple of games that he cost the Reds, but for the most part, that wasn't all him. A lot of it had to do with he was calling on some dudes out of the bullpen that he thought was going to be the best, and they turned out to lay an egg. So, uh, you know, I don't put all of that on him, but I look at some games and I just say, I really thought the team could have been managed better. They could have had a better lineup. They could have had a better first guy out of the bullpen, what have you. I look at David Bell and I think that he's kind of right there in the middle. He's kind of replacement level. And I think that the Reds won, not necessarily because of him, but also maybe not in spite of him. They definitely won in spite of their front office. Their front office did them no favors. I mean, say what you will about the cool story about the line of shields getting to play with his dad. Delino to Shields had no business being on the Boston Red Sox roster. So why on earth did the Reds look at that? And they said, hey, you know what? We're in the middle of a playoff race. And just because the Red Sox don't think that they can win with Delino to Shields in their lineup doesn't mean that we can't. We're going to go get him and we're going to start him like immediately. (sighs) I get it. He showed some talent some places, but that's not a guy that you count on. I, I, I just think that the way that the front office ran this team is one of the big reasons why they didn't win and get into the playoffs this year. All right, our next reaction comes from Sam Goody. This is just a funny one because he's like, I I want Shohei Otani or Aaron Judge if Castellanos leaves. And you know what, Sam? (sighs) I think that's a fair trade. I I like that idea. You know, we get one of those. All right, so if if Nick leaves, then the Angels have to give us Shohei Otani. I mean, there we go. That's just an easy trade. One for one there. Um, You know, I mean, Nick Castellanos might even go to the Angels, but, you know, we replace him with Otani or we replace him with Aaron Judge. I'd also add in Mike Drought. I like him. I know he was hurt this past year, but uh, I think he could really do some good for the Reds if uh, they were to move on from Nick Castellanos. 
so with that being said, I, I hope that Nick Castellano stays, but that is what we're looking at. Reds, that's our that's our uh, wish list right there. If Nick Castellanos leaves, we're looking at Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, or Mike Trout. That's that's who you got to replace him with. All right, coming up here next, we got our buddy Chris. Talked to him on Green Room a couple of times. Good dude. 2021 was a fun season. Yes, it was. And 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 real quick before I continue on his tweet, don't get me wrong. My my consternation, my negativity, my passion directed in the direction of not liking what happened this year doesn't mean that I didn't have fun. I had a lot of fun watching this team. And then the month of September came along. Anyway, Chris continues on to say, but one we will look back on as the ownership giving away an excellent opportunity through inaction. I'm also afraid 2022 will be the will be at best more the same, worst tearing it down right as we were getting good. That's the fear. Um, the fear for me coming into this offseason is not really something that I can spend a whole segment talking about, but Chris hit the nail on the head. The fear is the front office does nothing. And by nothing, I mean letting people who are going to walk, walk letting people who need contract extensions just go through arbitration and not acquiring new talent, looking at some guys who are coming through the minor leagues and going to be called up next year, undoubtedly, as uh, the reinforcements, as the people who will be the people that they need to go get. I, I think that that would be foolhardy and just be a killer on uh on us all here in Red's country. And lastly, we'll do uh, Josh's reaction. He says, the season was a lot of fun. Yes, it was, despite not making the playoffs. I hope the pitching improves for next season and Nick returns. Honestly, I, and that's the message I want to get across because Josh hits the nail on the head with this, is that if the Reds were to announce today that they had uh, bought out the opt-out, that Nick Castellanos was coming back, for sure in 2022. I just got goosebumps thinking about this. Uh, that would absolutely re-energize Reds country because we have all known through the last month of the season that while they were collapsing, while they were giving away the playoffs to the Cardinals, who, by the way, that's that's the other thing too. Like It, it sucks that the Reds lost. It even sucks more that it's the Cardinals. Now, I will give them this. They had to go on a win streak like they've never had in their franchise history just to put the playoffs away. But I still hate the fact that it's the Cardinals. <sighs> Sorry, Lucas. Anyway, um, I, back to what I was saying. For the last month of the season during this entire collapse, on top of the fact that they've been collapsing, we've all known Nick Castellanos is going to use that opt-out, and we've all doubted the Reds' ability to keep him. If they squash that doubt, if they obliterate that by saying we are bringing back Nick Castellanos and he is playing out the remainder of his contract in a Cincinnati Reds uniform, uh, that will be an excited podcast. That will be an excited. I'll be excited all offseason then because that is kind of the straw that stirs the drink this offseason. Yeah, there's some nice things that they can do. They can improve the bullpen. They can maybe make a trade or two to kind of reposition the roster a little bit. They can uh, extend some dudes who are still in their arbitration years and maybe buy out a couple of free agents years. Those are some great moves, but I'll be honest with you, the move that will get me the most excited is simply keeping Nick Castellanos. I I think that that is a given, and I think that they should do that. All right, coming up here, I want to talk about the playoffs. We're, we've been talking about the Reds, obviously. The Reds are out of the playoffs, and I hate that, but 
I've got some quick thoughts on what I think is going to happen in this MLB playoffs. That's coming up next right here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market, bar none, because it's made with 100% real chocolate. And we're talking about amazing flavors, too, like literal real cookie dough chunk that you, you, you get these little chunks that are in the bar. You take a bite, and you're like, Oh, crap, that's cookie dough. That's not like some synthetic stuff that's supposed to taste like cookie dough. It's actual, real cookie dough in a snack bar that is actually healthy for you. You're going to think that you're satisfying that sweet tooth that you've got, but you're actually doing something that is healthy for you as well because we're talking about 120 to 130 calories, up to 18 grams of protein in each bar, and less than 4 grams of fat and less than 4 grams of sugar. Those are the kind of numbers that make you feel like this is an all-star combination, but let me let you know the flavors are amazing too. They got my favorite, Cherry Barcia, the cookie dough chunk I was just talking about. They've also got cookies and cream that kind of tastes like an Oreo a little bit, a coconut flavor that tastes exactly like a mountains bar, if you like those. I'm a big coconut guy, so I know not a lot of people are, but whatever. I can't. I also like pineapple on pizza, so sue me. Then there's also, uh, you know, you've got... Some great double chocolate bars, peanut butter brownie, thin mint brownie, all this great stuff at built.com. You can use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. Get a mixed bar, get a mixed back box, get a uh, variety box, or you can get one box of your favorite flavor. Use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. Whew, how about I say the word box one more time? All right, there we go. <laughs> Talking about this uh, this playoffs here coming up. There are a lot of good matchups in this first round. I love the one that I'm going to be watching closely. I'm going to try my best to watch pretty much every pitch of this series is the Braves and Brewers. That is such an amazing matchup. You're talking about the Braves who, whenever Ronald Acuna went down, you thought, okay, they're done. There's nothing left for him. And then they went all in on the trade deadline. Imagine that. And they worked. It worked for them. They they actually did much better after that. You got an amazing value trade for them and Jorge Soler, who just hits the ball 100 million miles an hour. And you got a pretty good bullpen uh, getting uh, Escobar and guys like that coming down and just boosting up that bullpen very well. But you've got the Milwaukee Brewers. And yeah, I know Devin Williams punched a wall in celebration. I don't know who punches a wall in celebration. Maybe I'm just not celebrating enough, but he broke all the bones in his hand and he's not going to pitch. So they lost that arm out of their bullpen. Here's the thing, though. I still think that the Brewers are going to win the World Series this year. Every time that I watched the Reds play the Brewers, they just had everything working for them, whether it was pitching, hitting, fielding. It did not matter. They had luck on their side. They did everything that they needed to do to win a ball game, and that's exactly what you need in the playoffs. I think that they beat the Braves. I think they move on to the next round. I think that the Dodgers beat the Cardinals in the wild card game because God help me if the Cardinals win. And then the Dodgers actually get revenge on the Giants for winning the division, and they beat the Giants. So then the NLCS will be Dodgers-Brewers, and I think it goes seven, and I think the Brewers win, and then the Brewers get to the World Series. On the American League side of things, you got Red Sox-Yankees, which ESPN immediately jumped all over that wild card game. I wonder why. They're going to be playing that one-game winner-take-all scenario. The winner 
gets to face the Rays, which means they're not going much farther because the Rays are going to the World Series. They're going to win that series. They're going to beat the NLC or the ALCS. The ALCS will be the Rays and the White Sox because the White Sox are going to just get past the Houston Astros. I think they just match up well enough to get to that ALCS, but then the Rays are going to win and get to the World Series. Rays, Brewers, another great World Series between two teams. I think that the last time Milwaukee won it, they were technically the Braves. So the Brewers have never won a World Series. So I'm looking at the Brewers and the Rays, and I'm thinking that the Brewers get that victory when I look at this postseason. That's what I'm thinking. Let me know what you think. At Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds. Give me your playoff thoughts. And also, I mean, as we get into this offseason, and I'll take some more reactions uh, coming up this week on how you felt the season went and what you're expecting from this offseason, I want to hear from you on the Twitter, or you can hit me up on the Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159. I figured out a way to get the voicemails in here, so give me your voicemails and your text messages as well. That's 513-549-0159. All right, tomorrow on the podcast, great show coming for you. Javi Reyes from Lockdown Padres is going to join me, and we're going to battle it out as to who had the biggest collapse. I think he might have, though. But we're going to talk about all of that tomorrow on the Lockdown Reds podcast with a Lockdown Padres crossover. Make sure you check that out. Make sure that you're subscribed right here on the YouTube channel or you're following me right here on your favorite podcasting app. But again, thank you for making me your first listen. Now go check out the Lockdown MLB playoff preview. A little bit of a self-serving plug there as I was a big part of that. But Sully and myself break down this playoffs and we get the chance to talk with every single Lockdown playoff host. So anything that's in the playoffs, we talk to that Lockdown podcast host and we break down what's coming for you. It's, it's a great podcast. Check it out. Lockdown MLB wherever you get your podcast. But as for Lockdown Reds, I'm your host, Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.